Yes, yes, you know you're loving it right now, live, back in action, ground and pound style on your radio dial. From the 49-yard line to the end zone, this is the 49ers forecast presented by the Sports Column and brought to you by the Rufus Sports Team. My name is Jason Fearman. You can contact me on Twitter at SportsProfit1 because I like to ask the listeners questions and their opinions about the topics on the show. I want to hear it. Bring it to me. I've been riding solo here on the 49ers forecast for the past couple of weeks because most of you have been doing training camp news. But I told you I'm going to have some special guests on the show throughout the season. And game one, week one has already started Thursday night. So today I am very proud to welcome in a man with tremendous sports knowledge and someone I've been following since he got on Twitter. He is the owner and lead writer of Sports Talk 365. He has a great website that is extremely user-friendly. It's a very easy-to-follow sports website, in-depth knowledge under all the various categories. It's freaking awesome. It's fantastic. And also, my guest has a YouTube channel, which he will give you all the information you need to know to follow along. And speaking of following, follow this man at drbranch84, Mr. Derek Branch. It is a pleasure having you on the 49ers forecast today. Welcome, my friend. What's good, man? How you doing? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, bro. Football kicked off, man. I'm so excited, man. I know that you must share the same exact feelings as me on that one. Yeah, man. It was a long time coming, man. Just everything going on, man. It just felt like it just, this year just felt, you know, extra long. Yeah. The first season started because there was no uh, training camp. It just yeah it's almost like it snuck up on us like you said no preseason you know nothing like that it was very odd awkward the whole entire year has been obviously so but you know what we got football and we can only pray that we'll have football and everybody stays healthy so that's the number one thing but Number two in a big way is, wow, those games on Thursday nights, Sunday afternoons, and Monday nights. Can't wait for it all. Great. We kicked off the year uh, on Thursday night. Houston Texans against the defending Super Bowl Chiefs. Get to that in a second. But I got to ask you a real quick question. Knowing that your last name is Branch and realizing that you have the number 84 on your Twitter handle, does that have anything to do with Dion Branch or is that just a coincidence? Right, yes. I love it. I love it. All right. So I figured I couldn't have been the first one to possibly answer that question, but I I did not know. So had had to ask, man, had to ask. And I know you're a Saints fan, bro, as well as someone we both know very well. Partner of mine, he's a third of the whole team on the Third and Three podcast, Damian Adams. And I've been going at it on the show lately a lot, bro, Derek, about who's the best in the NFC conference, going back and forth. So we're ha- before you and I get into a potential battle over here, 
how exactly did you become a Saints fan? Well, I've been, <laughs> I've been a Saints fan like ever since uh, like the Jim Moore days. Even oh. The um, playoffs got playoffs. Right. <laughs> yeah. Man, I've been a Saints fan ever since Jim Moore was on board, uh, losing, um, heartbreak losses. It's, um, not, this is nothing new to uh, Saints fans. We've been uh, losing these type of ways for years, even when they're not, not playoff games. But I've been when uh, Mike Dick, Dick the uh, Dick came on, I thought, well, he's going to turn around, but he didn't do anything. So we got Jim Hazlitt. Led team to a uh, first uh, playoff victory in 2001, I right. believe, 2000, against the greatest um, show on turf. They were trying to repeat the Saints album. So I've just been uh, pretty much a Saints fan ever since. You know, Drew Brees came along and Sean Payton. I thought that was, the Saints would never have a a great quarterback come on come to the team, but it came to pass in 2009, 2006. So I've been a Saints fan ever since. All right, I like that. That One thing I love is loyalty, man, sticking with your team, you know, whether it's bad, whether it's good, whatever's going on. And you decided to become a Saints fan, and you stuck with it. When people ask me how I'm a 49ers fan because I'm from New York, I tell them the truth. My father is a front runner, and I was born in 1980, so throughout the 80s, the 49ers were the best team. He made me a 49er fan. He, of course, abandoned ship like 40 times already. He's been a fan of every NFL team except for the Browns and Bengals, I think. And <laughs> and I stick with my Niners all the way, man. So you know what? Props to us, bro. Loyalty. That's where it's at. Loyalty is a huge thing. And uh, you know what? Two teams that are staying loyal to who they are, the Niners and the Saints, no doubt about it. My team and your team, they brought back everybody and then some key players like you guys getting Emmanuel Sanders, Obviously, beefing up his secondary a bit. Us replacing Joe Staley at left tackle with Trent Williams. Uh, we do got some wide receiver issues now. We'll get into that a little bit later. But, um, yeah, last year, these guys played one hell of a game, bro. 48-46. We know it came down to really one play where George Kittle yeah. was, you know, dragging everybody down the field. But that I one, I, I know you hate it, and I love it as much as you hate it, bro. <laughs> it's the truth. It. It was um, it was unbelievable. The whole game was incredible because we weren't expecting a high scoring game like that. But the ironic thing about it is, is that that's the game that ultimately created the number one seat, and that's got to hurt. Yeah, it did. It did. You know, and, um, the Saints. You know, it created number one seat, but the Saints didn't take care of business in a uh, previous other game against the Falcons that we lost. So. That one added to it. If Saints would have won that game, because the Falcons then lost to the 49ers, you know, we've been okay. But, you know, yeah. the Saints, you know, got to come game sleeping sometime. Oh, man, I'm... T- <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, the Saints, you know, they went from the Aints to one of America's favorite teams. Now they won that Super Bowl. I know it was back 11 years ago, but... It's time now again. They're one of the top teams in the league, let alone the NFC. They're one of the top teams in the league. So it is time. Damian, uh, he did pick him to win the Super Bowl, as did my other co-host, Nikki. They both had the same Super Bowl, uh, Saints over Baltimore. I got 49ers over Baltimore, so we're all riding high on Baltimore, which kind of scares me. What do you think about the AFC? You think Baltimore comes out or or maybe Kansas City repeats? Chiefs coming out of the AFC once again. Um, I think Baltimore will get the number one seed, but I just got a feeling that 
All right, so you're riding, you're riding on the page on, on them also with like that. I'm saying you, you're riding kind of like the same way on that with the Chiefs, you know, like they they're busting out their number one, they're the top seed in Lamar Jackson. I'm hearing your point about the playoffs. Yeah, he's he's zero two in the playoffs, and look, I know that has happened, even to guys like Peyton Manning and stuff like that. But I keep seeing him get better, and I guess that's why everybody's on him. Great defense, obviously. Uh, plenty of running, not just Lamar Jackson, but Ingram, and now they got J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. Um, aren't huge in the wide receiving core, but him and Mark Andrews have this great chemistry. So it's kind of scary when a lot of people agree that one team is going to go. It usually don't work out like that. You're right. Yeah, I got. Uh, I just think uh, what I'm seeing out of uh, New England. I just think they're going to make. They're going to barely make the playoffs. They're going to get in at the last minute. I think it's going to cause some problems, man. Right? What I'm seeing out of Cam Newton is just, and Bill Belichick is just something that could be scary for the AFC. Man, it's amazing. Bill Belichick, he's raved more about Cam Newton in the past two minutes than he ever has for Tom Brady, which however you want to take it. And I love it. I'm a huge Cam Newton fan, and I want him to get the second chance. And he fell into a place where, you know, I mean, coaching, stability, everything what you want out of an organization. So I'm hoping things go well for them. The problem is, again, when you look at Tom Brady last year, he didn't have much help around him. Neither does Cam Newton, but Josh McDaniels now can play around their OC, offensive coordinator. He can play around with a quarterback that Tom Brady could never dream of doing things. So I see what you're saying. And, and you know what I've heard? A lot of people say Patriots in the playoffs, watch out for them. And I'm not one of those guys, but I, I keep coming around a little bit more. Look, it's Bill Belichick. It's a defense always. They'll figure out a way to run the ball. They'll figure out a way to expose the other team's, um, you know, weaknesses as they always do. So, you know what? If, if Cam's in good shape, then, you know, I, I understand where you guys are coming from. I really do. Yeah, so we'll see. That remains to be seen. They got their first game, I believe, up in Foxborough against the Dolphins. I reside down here in Miami. It's going to be a tough game. I really do. I actually uh, I actually picked Miami in that game. I think they're getting stacked right now. I don't think they're playoff ready yet, but they're a team up and coming, man. Yeah, they are. Like the men uh, that they have made the, during the offseason Miami, I think they're going to be a Detroit team in the AFC. Yeah. Once the uh, piece to get in place. Yep, so do I. So do I. And two is actually clear to play. He's not going to play, you know, week one, maybe not even two, three, or four, but – He's their future, and they finally got one since Dan Marino. So let's see what happens with that. Be very, very interesting. Can't wait. So, hey, like we said, football kicked off Thursday night. The defending Super Bowl freaking champions breaks my heart every time I say it. But Kansas City Chiefs hosting and defeating the Houston Texans. Real quick, you know, we talked about Kansas City. Obviously, one thing about them last night that I did not necessarily see coming was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, I knew he was going to be good, and I picked him for Rookie of the Year, but wow, what a performance. Yeah, man. Um, I watched the guy play at uh, LSU, and I was just like, man, wherever he goes, and they use him to probably, he's going to be a, a good running back. And he went to the Kansas City Chiefs, so I think, I think it's not fair that they selected him because yeah. he can do so much with that offense. It's just it's scary. It is. It really is amazing as, you know, uh, Damian Williams, you know, he opts out for the year and, you know, they draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and he just fits right in like a perfect piece of the puzzle. Unbelievable. They just keep on marching, man. They keep doing their thing. 
So check this out, uh, Derek, real quick. Uh, every show I ask the listeners a question or two. Um, uh, and last week I asked if Aaron Rodgers became available, all right, next year, which I think he will, um, to kind of give away my thoughts right here, Derek, real quick, is that I don't think Green Bay is going to have a good year or not. I want to get your thoughts on whether or not they'll have a good year, but I don't think that they're going to have a good year. I think that there is friction in the locker room. I think that, again, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the help that he was asking for and needed. So they may be headed to an 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 9-7 and seven season. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And I think this is Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. They're going to see what they got in Jordan Love toward the end of the season, I believe. And off Aaron Rodgers goes with probably at least three or four years left to play with the way the quarterbacks are going now. My dream and thinking is because we could have had him in 2005, that being the 49ers, we could have took him number one overall. But we took Alex Smith, and God bless him. I love him and his story. That's a whole other thing altogether. Um, but didn't take him. Uh, he went to Green Bay. And my hypothesis or my wonderful NFL wish is that Aaron Rodgers would become the 49ers starting quarterback next year and maybe for the next two or three years, even with Jimmy G's really big contract. Do you think that's possible? Can you see it? Or am I out of my mind with that thinking? Right. Draft. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> man, they got Aaron Rodgers, man. They got Aaron Rodgers. And, and I'm thinking, all right, so this is the homeroom me thinking, man, he come to the Saints, man, because it'd be like Bray all over again coming to the Bucks. You got everything you need. You got you Mike the Thomas, you got GL Kamara, you got, you know, a bunch of weapons. Jared Cook, then we got the new tight end out of college, uh, Adam, uh, Adam Troutman. Good offensive line and be the Saints would be great playing the dome without the work with the cold weather. It'd be great, but I'm thinking like what you were thinking that um I think he's gonna go back to the Bay, man. If, if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't um you know get things right this season, I think he's gonna move on from him. I don't know if the cap hit is gonna be with regards to his contract, but they're gonna find a way to move on from him. But in regards to uh, Green Bay, I think um. I still think I still have them uh, winning the, uh, the NFC North this year once again at eleven and five um, from the uh, Minnesota Vikings. I'm still not. Um, I still got. I got to to believe with uh, Kirk Cousins, even with that roster that he had, the roster that he has, that he can you know get that team over the hump. They decide to uh, stay committed to him without giving him another contract. I believe. Right. So I just think it's going to be. Um, great, um, Green Bay winning that division, but um, I, I do definitely see Aaron Rodgers possibly coming back to the Bay Area. If, yeah, if he, left, if he decides to leave, uh, from Green Bay. Hey, look, I would love it. He's a California kid. Went to Cal, uh, went to Cal University, and man, that would be amazing. Him coming back home, I, I get the feeling that he wants to, and I think it's a real possibility. So maybe a second chance there. And as for Green Bay, I said, yeah, I'm really not too high on him this year. I think that. Locker room issues may be more of a thing than on the field. So, uh, yeah, we will see. But I do have the Vikings actually winning that division based more on their running and their defense. You know, they just got Yannick Ngakwe from the Jaguars, and they're selling everybody, which is ridiculous. They shouldn't even be allowed to play football. It's really unfair what they're doing. But, um, yeah, I, I like their defense a lot after losing Everson Griffin, going over to the Cowboys, making that replacement. 
I think they did a good job. But yeah, never count out Aaron Rodgers, man. You cannot do it. It's impossible. <laughs> it's completely impossible. So let me get to neighborhood news real quick with our 49ers over here. Not a lot to come out except for really bad news right now, guys. Let me run this down. The bad news, the number one bad news, is that Debo Samuel is officially out for week one with the foot issue. Um, They reenacted him. He was practicing, but they had a setback. And you know what? To be safe, because this guy's so important to the team, they're going to sit him for week one. I'm all good with it. You got to do what you got to do. Rookie Brandon, are you questionable with the hamstring? And he's a guy we're definitely going to need if Debo is out. Uh, Jason Verrett is also out week one, and he could have started on the other side as the 49ers are having issues between whether it's a killer Weatherspoon or Emmanuel Mosley, a cornerback. So they do have a lot of guys back there, and um, even including Jimmy Ward and Kwan Williams and Richard Sherman. So they have stacked guys back there, and that's a big reason why they were number one against the pass last year, not to mention the 49ers front four obviously helping out a lot. Um, some good news is that Fred uh, Warner, our middle linebacker last year, who kind of came out of nowhere, is good to play after the COVID diagnosis. He's cleared, ready to go. We signed Cameron Malvo. I always have a hard time pronouncing that name to back up a D-line. San Fran also re-signed Alex Barrett. And J.J. Nelson will go to the IR. So go to the 49ers website to check out the full roster and depth chart for all of that because I don't want to give you all that bad news on the show. We want to have a good time over here and having a great time with Derek Branch right now, Saints fan, as is my boy Damian, the real deal over there. We're going to have a field day on Sunday with this one. So here on the 49ers forecast presented by the Sports Column with Derek Branch, and I want to talk your Saints right now. They're playing the Bucks. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> but first, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on who you think some of the top teams are left standing in the NFC. You know, we both got obviously the Buck, uh, excuse me, the Saints and the Niners are atop. The Bucks are one of the teams you got to look after. But before we get into the actual game, what are the other couple of teams that may scare you in the conference? Um, uh, I think we uh, got to get the uh, Dallas Cowboys, man. Um, they have, um, despite what has been said about the team, not having a a good defense. Um, there's still some pieces on that D-line that can give you some trouble. Their um, secondary may be a little, you know, weak after losing um, the guy that went to uh, Miami. Yeah, Byron and, Jones. Um, Byron yeah, Jones. Byron yeah. Jones, I believe. Yeah, and um, it's still a good team, man. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott is going into a contract year. Um, he had a solid season last year, just couldn't get it over quite over the hump. Um, he's going to have a new head coach with um, Mike uh, McCarthy from uh, coming over from Green Bay, who's a great play caller, um, great with quarterbacks. You saw how he's worked with Aaron Rodgers, you know, a few other QBs in the past. So he has, he has the personnel to, to get it done and be a threat in the, in the playoffs. And then he never can keep out um, Seattle, man. Seattle mm-hmm. with Russell. Yeah, I'm with you. 
Yeah, you see, I'm with you, man. I, I Believe me, I understand firsthand about Russell Wilson, and I kind of have this love-hate relationship with him where he's such a great guy, such a great player, never complains, knows exactly what to do. And I actually believe that he's the best quarterback in the entire league, even over Patrick Mahomes at this point, Lamar Jackson, whoever you want to name. So Seattle always scares me. And just like Aaron Rodgers, you always got a chance at Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf, I think he'll step up. Now they got Jamal Adams, so... I hear you on that one. Seattle always scares me, bro. They definitely do. But your Saints scare me, and now the Bucks scare me, and they're playing week one. I would say that if anything, the you know the Saints have the upper hand, not just home field advantage, but they've been together. They've been a cohesive unit for such a long time, really just bringing in Emmanuel Sanders now. I like their secondary a lot, of course, with Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins back there, a few other guys – I like what they're doing. Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, they got a really, really tough team, man. But now they're going up against a really tough team, which we think is going to be tough, but we're not sure yet. So being the fact that Tampa's just getting their stuff together, albeit Tom Brady, who is, you know, a marvel and everything like that, do you think that your Saints are going to really have their way with them, or is this going to be a tough one? Uh, I think it's going to be a, a close game. Um, regardless, I don't think it's going to be, you know, Anybody blowing out anybody, or you know, it's not going to be lopsided because it's just you know, with everything that's going on and not having the lack of um, OTAs and workouts and you know preseason games, this thing's going to be a little bit of quite a bit of sluggishness, sluggishness on the Tampa Bay side, and it might cause them to stumble in this game. But I won't be surprised if they pull together and defeat the Saints. But um, it's going to be a tough game man, for. For both ball clubs, but especially for the Buccaneers, since um, I think Mike Evans is going to be could be out due to a hamstring injury, right? And I don't know how that can, how that, how's it going to go throughout the season? So that could be an issue right there. But you know, hopefully, they don't get the idea to sign Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game, man. It's going to be. Uh, I think the Saints win a close one, but uh, I think it's going to be uh, a tough game for both teams, man. Um, Saints have to um, stop the run as usual because they have uh, they got to deal with uh, Linda Fournette, and you know they have done they've risen to the occasion against some of the league's best uh, rushes. They have the top you know rush defense over the last past two three seasons, so that's gonna be a challenge as usual. But um, I picked them to win this game Sunday. Yeah, I think people really forget or don't realize that the Saints really do have a good defense, even up front. Like, you know, I'm talking about Cameron Jordan, Malcolm Brown, but what I really love is what they did in the secondary, knowing that, you know, Tom Brady's there and, um, you know, it could be an air-out division again with Atlanta, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. That secondary, I- I'm loving it right now. Like I mentioned, uh, Janoris Jenkins and Marcus uh, Marshawn Lattimore, but you also got Malcolm Jenkins back there. Uh, you know, Patrick Robinson can play. Marcus Williams can play. They got a good team. They're solid all around. And then the things they can do on offense between Kamara, if he can stay healthy, of course. You know what you got in Michael Thomas. Now he's got Emmanuel Sanders to free him up a little bit. Taysom Hill is always that Swiss Army knife, if you want to call it that. So they certainly have a good team. And you're right, the Bucks. we just don't exactly know yet. We know they're going to be good. So in this game, I kind of see the Saints – getting out to an early lead, you know, nothing tremendous, you know, maybe what, 10, 14, nothing. Then the game will start to kind of kick in toward the end of the second half, uh, excuse me, toward the end of the first half. And by the second half, we may see the Bucks come out and do a couple of things. But 
That's why they got that secondary there, the Saints. I think they did a really good job beefing that up. And again, they're just getting better and better and bringing back a guy like Malcolm Jenkins. I think it's really smart and um, just, yeah, good moves all around. So they're going to be a really tough team. And that's why a lot of guys have them in the playoffs and uh, or even going to the Super Bowl. And I certainly have them in the playoffs. And if it wasn't for my bias 49ers, I might even have them as the number one seed, to be honest with you. But the NFC is stacked, like you said. Like, I don't know what to even expect out of the Rams this year. Seattle could be tough. Yeah, it's another team, man, I sleep on. Right. And we'll see them play against the team that we were just talking about, the Cowboys, this Sunday night coming up, which, you know, we can't expect to know everything in the first game after, you know, a crazy offseason of, if you want to call it that. But, yeah, I'm curious. Is Jared Goff and those guys, were they totally relying on Todd Gurley, you know, a couple of years ago? That's what we're going to find out. Yeah. And I think we found out a little bit last year. Maybe it was that Super Bowl hangover thing, but. I don't think my 49ers are going to have a Super Bowl hangover. I think that we, I think that we're in pretty good freaking shape for this game. And I want to get into this game with you big time right now. We got Derek Branch over here, Mr. 365 Sports Talk action. We got more action for you, more NFL, more Saints, more 49ers against the Cardinals we're going to get into. Guys, hang in there for a quick 60-second commercial break. We'll be right back. Yes, yes, yes. You know how we're getting down on the 49ers forecast, baby. Rocking and rolling over here with my very, very special guest, Mr. Derek Branch. I'm so glad this guy's in here. We haven't talked in a minute. Talking Saints, talking NFL, talking everything. Kicked off the game last night, Thursday night. We had the freaking damn defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, pulling out in the fourth quarter against my Niners last year. But... This time, they easily took care of the Texans. And it's funny, you know, Derek had had to come back, uh, the Chiefs, from every game in the playoffs last year. You know, whether they were down 24 points or they're down 20 points. You know, they're down seven points last night. It's almost like a laugher. It's like, okay, yeah, that big joke, right? (laughs) They'll be back and they'll win probably, what, 34-20 was the final score. So there you go again with the Kansas City Chiefs. Looks like they picked up right where they left off. And that's scary for the rest of us over here. Not a great thing. <laughs> Not a great thing. But real quick, what about their opponent? You know, a lot was made over D-Hop leaving. Um, DeAndre Hopkins obviously going to the Arizona Cardinals, who we're going to talk about in a minute over here, as my Niners play them, host them this week, the defending NFC champions. Yeah, that's right. Don't forget about it. But uh, losing D-Hop, bringing in Brandon Cooks, who was invisible last night. I saw, uh, I saw David Johnson play some pretty good football. That was the one thing that intrigued me out of that game from Houston. But other than that, I'm not really sure, bro. What are your thoughts? I agree with you, man. Um, I, I, at the last minute when I made my uh, predictions on the AFC, I decided to uh, not put, um, put Houston in the playoffs and I have um, Tennessee and uh, Indianapolis come out of that division instead. Uh, I just don't think uh, the loss of DeAndre Apple is going to be big, man. It's going to be a big loss. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a solid receiver, but has shown that he cannot stay healthy for the remainder of the season. And David Johnson is an injury-prone running back, so it'll be interesting to see 
we can continue this type of uh, production going forward. But I just don't think uh, Houston Wickers is going to make the playoffs this season. That's not looking good. Yeah, I hear you. And, uh, you know, Duke Johnson walking off the field, the other Johnson in the backfield last tonight. So, you know, David Johnson's going to have to have a really, really big year and let Deshaun Watson have time to throw the ball, play action, because we know that offensive line is no good. And Brandon Cooks, you know, you mentioned his name. While he's definitely a good wide receiver, you know, you've seen him up close and personal. Uh, he was on the Saints for a year. But that's the thing, man. Why is this guy, if he's so good, why has he been on five teams in five years? That's the thing I can't understand. That That's what yeah, bothers me. I don't understand either, man. The, the Saints, with, uh, he made, um, yeah, it was 2016. He was doing pretty good, man. He, 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 the, the crazy thing is that Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, and Willie Steele were on the field at once at, at the same time with the Saints. Huh. It's, out, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, he made a comment, I guess, about closed mouth, like his bed, something like that, along those lines. And, and after that, man, he just went to Sean Payne's doghouse. And once you go to Sean Payne's doghouse, that's a wrap. That, yeah, good call. That's right. It's <laughs> exactly and right. Yeah, traded to New England and then the Rams and now he's out of there. I mean, it's really just amazing. So, yeah, again, we'll see what goes on. What's the story behind Brandon Cooks? I mean, I would I would really love to know what's going on behind the scenes. You said one other thing, which I really liked, and me and you are on the minority in this for sure, talking about Indianapolis. I actually had them winning the division outright. I don't have the Texans in the playoffs. I had them at about 8-8, eight and eight, I think, and that might have been a little bit generous, but – I think this is Indy's year. I'm not saying Super Bowl, bro, but I like them a lot. And it's not just the addition of Phillip Rivers. It's the fact that he'll have time to throw the ball behind that wall of an offensive line. You bring in Jonathan Taylor to go along with Mac. Love that combination. Bring in a big guy, six foot four, Michael Pittman Jr., to play at wide receiver alongside hopefully a healthy T.Y. Hilton. Their defense is very under, underrated as well. Darius Leonard, Xavier Rhodes comes to the team. You know, he's not as good as he used to be in the secondary, but he could be a mentor for those young guys up there. Justin Houston coming off the corner, Sackmaster. I'm with you, bro. I like Indy a lot this year, man. I think that I think they're going to make some noise. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Um, the Colts have a good, a good uh, offensive line. Um, you know, Andrew Lux, well, last year, they, you know, they, Kind of the fact they were gonna go to the playoffs with uh with Jacoby Brissett, but you know things kind of fell apart when the teams got stopped up for um injuries, and then you know they made the decision, hey, look, we're gonna bring in um Philip Rivers, we bring put him by the offensive line, we will build a running game uh, with some weapons on the outside besides uh, T.Y. Hilton, and it's gonna be a pretty good team, man. Yeah, Darius is a, is a good player, man. So I think he's one of the top underrated players in the National Football League. Man, these guys, if you look at his numbers, man, it's just it's Hall of Fame bound. He's on the Hall of Fame track if he continues to stay healthy and, you know, perform on the field. Oh, yeah, already. And that was that division, man, yeah, as well. I love it. I'm with you. See, there you go. The great minds think alike. You said it before. There it is again. I'm loving it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I'm really with you. It's not like uh, Philip Rivers have got to play football overnight. He just needs, you know, a little time to throw the ball and find his guys. So there you go. And yeah, Darius Leonard, guy's an absolute tackling machine. So I'm with you all the way on that one. It's just that he plays in Indy. And when you think of Indy, people still think of Peyton Manning, which is hysterical yeah. to me. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Crazy. 
All right, I want to get into some more football action over here. Let's go on the field as they did Thursday night, but we're going on the field in a little bit different way over here. It is my team. It's my turn now. We talked about the Saints, talked about the Bucks matchup. We want to talk about the 49ers Cardinals. And Derek, as I mentioned earlier, Debo's not going to be there. So we're going to have to rely a lot more on George Kittle. Um, even, you know, other guys like Trent Taylor, um, Dante Pettis, who were not household names. But the thing is, the 49ers, as we all know, what are they made out of? They're made out of running and they're made out of defense. So before I get into, you know, a couple of little things over here, what are your initial thoughts as we'll discuss this game? What are your initial thoughts on Cardinals going to the Niners week one? Yeah, well, I hope they do. <laughs> That, that's our bread and butter, and that's what bothered me a lot about last year's Super Bowl. I'm not going to rehash it, but you're up by 10. Why not run and, you know, let your defense rest and not be on the field every three minutes? So, yeah, that drove me crazy. I thought Kyle Shanahan learned his lesson in 2016 against the Patriots, blowing a 28-3 lead, but apparently not. Guy likes to throw the ball a lot. But, yeah, in this particular matchup, um, one, I can see – Right away, problems in the secondary can allow a big day for Kyler Murray. If our secondary, like I said, we got some injuries over there, not sure is going to be playing on right cornerback. Kyler Murray, I love. I think that he is not just up and coming, but like basically already here and just going to get better. Who knows the ceiling? I'm afraid of that guy. And you're right. When you were saying earlier, they kind of set the blueprint on how to beat the Niners. Whether it's a blueprint or not, you're right because – they played twice last year as they always do. The first game, I believe, was 28-25, came right down to the last second. And the second game, they ended up winning by 10, but that was only because the Niners scored a very late, almost meaningless touchdown. So both games were close. That really came down to the end. So Arizona played them great last year, which scares me for week one. You know this team is going to come in hyped up and ready to roll. But the other thing is on the other side, offensively for the Niners, where we don't look as Jimmy G as our savior. He was against the Cardinals, and that was because of their weaker secondary last year. You mentioned they got a better one this year, so that's tough. And Buda Baker, he was the highest-paid uh, uh, 
secondary player, I think, in history until Jalen Ramsey got his contract. So that lasted about like four minutes or whatever. But yeah, Buda Baker is fantastic. You got Patrick Peterson, Drake Kirkpatrick back there with him. So I don't know if Jimmy G can put up those 30 fantasy points that he averaged against the Cardinals last season. He threw eight touchdowns, I think maybe one interception. But it's going to be a different game. Their defense is better. They're not great at all. You're right. Chandler Jones, very good player. Um, but other than that, on the front seven, you know, there's really not much other than him. You know, you look at a guy like Jordan Phillips. Okay. Um, Jordan Hicks. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty good player, but it's really the secondary. So that's why the 49ers absolutely, Derek, have to stick to the formula. They have to run 40, 50 times this game. And I don't care. You know what? Tevin Coleman, you got you got Raheem Mostert, Jarek McKinnon coming back, Jeff Wilson Jr. We have running backs all over the place, and we're going to need to run the ball a lot this week in order to beat this team because our passing, is, let's face it, like I said, we're really not ready to go with the exception of, of course, George Kittle, who is just an absolute phenom. And I'll ask you in the middle of this, you know, we don't have to go through rankings or whatever necessarily, but. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, weigh him out for me. Who, who do you got? Oh, man, that's a tough question, man. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, man, dude. I like uh, Kittle's physicality. Yeah, you know, most people do, and I'm okay with that. And that's why I say I don't care about the rankings. As long as you go out on the field and do your thing, which George Kittle does every day, as does Travis Kelsey caught another touchdown pass against Houston in the week opener. So I don't have a problem with that. But, yeah, Kittle does his job, and they may have to come out in two tight end sets in this game. We picked up Jordan Reed, formerly of the Washington football team. Can't say that name anymore. And we got this kid, Charlie Warner, a rookie, a big dude, six foot five, six six, I think he is. So we might see a couple of tight end sets. Um, and, again, like I said, with the running backs, keep running. you got four guys who can carry the ball and exploit the major weakness that the Cardinals have, which is their front four and their linebackers. So if they do that, I think they're going to be in great shape, and I think that they should win this game, Derek. Yeah, yeah should. I mean, Arizona may make it interesting, but the 49ers should win this game, man. They should. They really should. Again, they're smart. They know what they're doing. They're very well coached. So, again, run the ball like crazy. Get a couple of play-action passes, whether it's 10, 15 yards down the field. Be methodical. Keep Kyler Murray and D-Hop and Fitz off the field as long as you can. Make that mediocre or less than mediocre defense really tired and take control of the ball game from there. So I definitely got them winning this week. It could be another 28-25 game. I don't really see a blowout because even if the Niners are winning by 10, 12, 14, whatever it is at halftime, with all the firepower that they got on offense, the Cardinals I'm talking about, they they can be like the Chiefs, the, the, excuse me, the Chiefs in that aspect where they can score the ball in 30 seconds to get all these playmakers. Right. And that's... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good it's, I mean, it's going to be an interesting game, but I think 49 pulled out, man. Mm-hmm. I really, you know, I think the 49 is a little more seed to them, 1-0 is better than 0-1. We all know that. And I definitely don't yeah. want to tie. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> All right, so there'll be more Niners action coming your way in a bit, but we want to go over just a couple of games that are on the schedule. Uh, just because you mentioned um, the Patriots, obviously, and you you know you got them sneaking in there into the uh, into the playoffs, and who knows what can happen, especially if Cam is healthy. Miami comes up to New England this week. 
Um, again, I'm residing in Miami right now, 49 fan, former New Yorker. Yeah, you go figure it out. That's why I need mental help. But that's another thing altogether. So the Dolphins, like I said, I'm really high in this year. I love Brian Flores, their head coach. And when New England and Miami play, you know it's always like a crapshoot. You don't know what's going to happen because they play in the same division. I think because New England is still trying to get their stuff together, that Miami's got a pretty good shot to go up there and win this week. What do you think? Yeah, it's a possibility, man. Um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, the Fish Magic, if it, it starts in week one, and, you know, I see it with the Saints, you know, we lived the Saints for like 400 yards in 2018, and for like three weeks, it was Fitz Magic, so they faced the, like the Steelers, and they just like bottom out. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he knows the, the Patriots, he knows their defense, so it, it can be, it can be, um, Way, man. Eh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yep. We'll see. I think it should be an interesting one. I'll, I'll, I'll have eyes on that as the NFL red zone will definitely be going. Uh, yeah. We talked about Green Bay, Minnesota a little bit. I want to talk about uh, Cleveland, Baltimore. Um, again, talking about Baltimore, I have them in the Super Bowl losing to my 49ers. And my two other co-hosts have Baltimore in the Super Bowl also losing, which means they'll probably win the whole freaking thing. But besides that, they're hosting Cleveland this week. And let me tell you real quick, Derek, I've never been on Cleveland's bandwagon when they drafted Baker Mayfield. I wasn't on their bandwagon last year, even though I thought they would improve, and they ended up going 6-10. and 10. But I got to tell you, this year, I really believe they become a football team. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. is back, you know, for a second year, conforming to the team with his best buddy Jarvis Landry over there. They added Austin Hooper, tight end from the Falcons, and they paid him a lot of money, and they paid him a lot of money for good reason. The guy caught almost 100 balls last year or somewhere around that area, and he can do it again. You talk about David Njoko on the other side. And then when you talk about their backfield, Derek, dude, you got Nick Chubb, who is already probably a top five running back in the league, and Kareem Hunt, who was a top five running back in the league when he broke in. He's getting paid. A backup running back is getting paid $7 million a year. So that goes to show you what Cleveland is thinking this year. They're going to run the ball a lot, and they're going to pass to these open guys, whoever it may be. They got weapons all over, and you know what? Defensively, they're no snooze. I believe that Cleveland finally gets to the playoffs. I'll talk about the game with you in a second, but uh, focusing on Cleveland for a second, I really believe they can pull out that 9-10 to win uh, season this year. What do you think? Yeah. It's better. It's, I would put it up there with Tampa Bay Bucks, man. I think they're, they're, they could be even, they could even be better than Tampa Bay. 
Ooh, I like that. I like that. That's a nice bold statement right there. And and I'm I'm on board with you again. This is a team full of talent. They just got to be a team. They got to put it all together. No woe is me. No heads down in the locker room and the way after the no. Keep it real. Keep it together. You're a football team now, Baker. As Nikki Nikki G, Tricky Nikki G likes to say, no more excuses. Kind of like Josh Allen up in Buffalo. No more excuses. You're going to do it. You got to do it now and show us that you're for real. You know, so yeah, that that's a big one. As for the game itself, um, Baltimore being at home and me thinking that they're a team that I don't think they're really going to go undefeated, but they're that good where they can. God bless willing, you know, Lamar Jackson stays healthy for those fans over there. Um, yeah, I think Baltimore would definitely win this game, but I certainly see Cleveland giving them a battle right away. I don't think this would be anywhere near a blowout or anything. And you know what? If Cleveland wins a game, I won't be shocked. They beat them last year, Derek. Yeah, it won't be. Um, if they do beat them, you know, it's going to be, you know, over action Monday on all the, the networks. And, oh, my God, Cleveland, you know. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, but this is funny, man. But I, I won't be surprised either, man. It's just Cleveland is a good roster, man. Like, you don't, you don't realize how good Cleveland roster is, man. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and if they put it together this year and actually make the playoffs, I guess Kevin Stefanski would probably end up winning Coach of the Year and finally getting Browns to the playoffs for the first time in God knows how long. It's been a long time, so we'll see. One more game we're going to break down for you guys before we call it a day, and Derek lets you know exactly where to find him, and you better follow this man. He is awesome. We got Seattle and Atlanta. We alluded to both teams before. The game is in Atlanta, so the Falcons are hosting uh, but Seattle, tough. They can take their game anywhere. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the running game for Seattle, I'm not so sure what's going to happen over there. Um, I thought maybe they would be one of the teams to jump on Leonard Fournette. They didn't. Um, you know, they're going to kind of go with Carson, uh, Chris Carson, excuse me, and, you know, maybe Brashard Penny. We'll see what happens with him. Yeah. Um, DK Metcalf, I think, is going to have a tremendous season. He was coming on big time as of late last year. And if Lockett stays healthy, yeah, their offense is there, and Russell Wilson happens to be my MVP this year, as much as it burns me to say. He deserves one. He should have had one already, so I think this might be the year. If he puts together another solid year, it'll be like almost like a career achievement plus what you did this year. Congratulations, Russell Wilson. He deserves it. So he's awesome. Atlanta's, you know better than me, they're one of those teams where are we going to get a good first part of the season out of him and a bad second part? Is it going to be vice versa? They are just very, like, inconsistent, I guess is the best word for Atlanta, as I could say, Derek. So you take it from there in this game, man, especially Atlanta. Like, what the hell? What, what are you? Yeah, man, um, Atlanta could be – their roster, top to bottom, is not as great as Cleveland's or, or Tampa Bay's, but it is a good – you know, on offense, it's, it's one of the best in the league, man. You got – Matt Ryan, who's a pretty good quarterback. You got, um, what's the guy, Julio Jones, who arguably is one of the top five receivers in the National Football League. You yeah. got his partner, Kelvin Ridley. I think they tied in. They also hope we left. But uh, they got, you know, Tom Gurley's with them. So we're going to see how that's going to work out. Yeah. Um, and they picked up Hayden Hurst. Like you said, for, for tight end, they picked up Hayden Hurst, who. Yeah. Who, right. Yeah, he, did, he didn't get as many opportunities because of Mark Andrews, but now we're going to see him catch the ball a lot, man. I'm with you. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, man, um, they got Aiden Hurst now. So, it, you know, defense is always oh, solid. It's not great, but there's some good, some good playmakers on the defense. They got the kid, uh, A.J. Terrell out of Clemson, who uh, made that big 
interception in a national championship game. So it's it's a, um it's one not one of those teams, man, where we don't know we're gonna gonna get. You know, Dan Quinn is on a um, he's on a um, oh, he, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. After what happened last year, so if they start out only three, I'm thinking if they start only three. You know what? That's an interesting thought. And I didn't even give thought to that because I was thinking that he might have been out last year. But yeah, if they start off 0 and 3, 1 and 4, 1 and 5, you know, take the excuses out with COVID and everything. You know, I don't want to say excuses. It's not what I mean by that. But Derek, you know what I mean. Everybody listening knows what I mean. Yeah, it's time to make a change and let it be midseason, whatever it is. If they're not going anywhere this year, it won't matter. It'll just give them a leg up going into next season hopefully with a brand new, better coach. So we'll see. Very good points on them right there. So uh, they are hosting, but, you know, I can see Seattle going in there and getting that win. But if it gets down to the fourth quarter, maybe Matty Ice does something with Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley or Hayden Hurst. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, he, does do that. <laughs> yeah he, he could do that. All right. He could do that. You know, sometimes you just got to throw the ball to Julio Jones on a wide receiver screen and let him go, man. Sometimes that's all they need to do. And they are pretty damn good at that, man. And you know what? We're pretty damn good at this, Sparrow. I had a freaking great time talking to you today, Derek. This was absolutely awesome. We got to do this more. You know, I got the third and three podcast that we do on Wednesday nights now. Um, the 49er forecast, which you are on right now. I'd like to have you on even more. I'm probably going to do it a couple of times a week just to chop it up, talk football, especially when we play your Saints. I definitely want you back on. We might not be friends <laughs> We probably might not be friends that, that week, but that's okay. We'll be friends afterward and always before. Everything will be all right. <laughs> we'll all be restored over there. But, uh, Derek, man, I really can't – again, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's been great. You made the 49er forecast a much better show already. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. And please tell everybody where they can find you. I want all these listeners to know where, how, got to listen, got to read. Listen to my man Derek Branch right now. YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and type in a uh, Sports Talk 365. 
opportunities. Look, look forward to doing this once again with you all. You guys, maybe next time you got Damien Adams on, maybe just, you know, debate about some topics and topics, man. But this is fun, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I, hey, I had a great time, man. I'm glad that you came on. I asked you, you obliged, you said, I'm there for you, man. And I really appreciate it, bro, so much. Again, it's much better to converse. Like I said, I've been doing the show solo for the past few weeks because there hasn't been much to talk about. It's all training camp news and whatever. But here we are, man. Now we got football and games coming up this Sunday and Monday night. And I can't wait for it all. And again, guys, remember, listen to what he said. Follow him. They got a lot going on. That website that you got is freaking great. I love it because it's so easy to navigate. So make sure you go on the website and check out all they got going on over there. I'm a big fan, man. And I've been checking you guys out and seeing all the different stuff you're doing. And that's why you're on the show, bro. I only bring on the best, man. So that's that. That's why I want to give you myself a pat on the back because you really are one of the best, Derek. You know your stuff, brother. And I appreciate it. Thanks, man. And we're going to do this again, like we said, on the 49er Forecast. You guys stay tuned. We'll be back next week. And check us out Wednesday night on the 3rd and 3 podcast with my partners, Nikki and Damian. We're going to bring all the action to you, the predictions, the knowledge with Nikki, where she has her crazy sports trivia questions. You know how we do it on the 3rd and 3. But for now, speaking for Derek Branch, my man over here, follow all his stuff. Follow me at SportsProfit1 on Twitter. For the sports column presented by, we appreciate you. Third and three podcast, we love you. 49 is forecast. We are out for now. Thank you all. Enjoy the games over the weekend.